everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Traction Podcast, where today we'll be looking at why Assetto Corsa Competizione is one of the most popular sim racers on the market today. My name is John Monroe and joining me on the show we have a man whose name doesn't need to be written in Italian in order for it to sound cool. It's Tom Harrison Lord. How's it going today, oh, Tom? Thank you very much. Very well, thanks. How are you? Um, very unfortunate surname, but... Uh, I don't uh, think so. That's, <laughs> that's just how it is. It could be worse. I could be spelled competizione and no one knows ever how to spell it when writing it down. Yeah, well, we'll maybe come to that at the end. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, so the reason we asked this question, Tom, is, of course, uh, as you well know, because you're the one who sent me this stat, according to official Steam charts over the past three months, a set of course of competizione has actually been played by four times as many people per day than the likes of R Factor 2 in Race Room. And that's even double as many as, what, Dirt Rally 2.0, which is still a really popular game as well. I mean, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's been out for quite a while. Obviously, there's been some recent DLC, which we'll touch on later. But clearly, there's something about this game that keeps players coming back for more. Um, and I'm sure, again, we'll go through each element as we go through. But even if you look at um, Google Trends, because, of course, Steam chart data doesn't show things necessarily like uh, iRacing. And also, it completely excludes uh, console players, of which is are available for this particular game and for Dirt Rally. And even when you do that, which is a number of people searching online for the game over the past 12 months, it's right up there. And it's still very very popular and not too far below when it initially came out yeah absolutely absolutely and for, for those of you listening to the podcast who maybe don't play this game or i mean obviously we're focusing on one particular game for this episode yep. we should give a little bit of context um so what you might be asking what is assetto corsa competizione well we're also good we'll just call it acc from from now on as well because i know most people that play the game refer to it as acc we right. should just clarify that so we're not confusing anyone uh, ACC is much less of a mouthful, even though it doesn't sound quite as cool. Um, but uh, yeah, this game is basically it's a it's a GT racing game based on the Blancpain GT series, which is now called GT World Challenge. Uh, and of course, it's officially licensed. This means you've got all the official cars, drivers, liveries, and tracks from the official series. Um, which, to be honest, Tom, nowadays when it comes to household sim racing titles, that kind of connection with a real life series is quite rare you know you've obviously yep. got the likes of f1 and stuff and wrc which have their official licensing but generally sims tend to focus on a bunch of different disciplines right yeah so as you mentioned the other sims at the start of the episode they cover all sorts of different types of cars and tracks all around the world whereas this is just focusing as an official game of the series i think one reason weirdly how it most people don't realize that is because it's not named oh the official game of the gt world challenge series europe asia uh, americas that's such a confusing name for a race series by the way um <laughs> it's got this uh, italian name and with some gt cars that are in pretty much every other racing game that's comparable anyway so maybe it's almost sneaking it under the radar because you mentioned f1 and wrc there and even nascar those are much more popular sports in general with bigger audiences and this is much more niche in terms of the number of people who watch it and visit the racetracks to spectate when that's allowed. And so the way they've gone around it, I think, is maybe, right, okay, well, we'll call it um, with the Assetto Corsa name somewhere in there, which is already recognised, and it bleeds into that, I think. Uh, also should be noticed that Assetto Corsa Competizione, as, was, as you said, we'll call it ACC from this point on. If you literally translate that into English, it's uh, Race Trim Competition. So maybe I should call it that from now on. Well, we'll see. It sounds quite close to Race 07, Race Trim Competition. It's, oh, yeah, true. I quite like that. I quite like it. You know, it could work, but it's not quite as cool. It's not quite as cool no, like, no, when no. you take Everything away the Italian. In Italian. Yeah. That's it. All the corners of all the circuits sound way better in Italian, but that's, that's another episode. <laughs> 
So, of course, you know, when you look at the examples of games that are focused on one particular discipline, you have, you know, F1 2021, which is, of course, called Formula One. Uh, you've got WRC 8, which is called WRC. So the name of the series, NASCAR Heat, is actually in the game, which is, of course, as you say, not the case with, with this particular title. So maybe it's a bit more clear normally, but w- with this one, it's it's a little bit different. But once you know about the game, it's it's not really a problem. You know, it's just a fantastic right. example. But we'll, we'll, we will come on to that, of course. We should probably go back to the beginning. Um, you know, where where did this game start? Now, a lot of people assume that Assetto Corsa Competizione is kind of the natural sequel, if you like, to Assetto Corsa. Um, but that's, it's not necessarily that simple, to be honest, is it, Tom? Yeah, it's not a direct sequel, as you say. Uh, just rewinding the clock a few years before, there was Assetto Corsa, not Assetto Corsa Competizione, and it had loads of different vehicles in it, from classic single-seater racing cars to, to the GT racing cars, the GT3 class, for example. Uh, but it also had a load of road cars. The tracks were really varied. There was some fictional ones. There was the Nordschleifer, for example. And it wasn't particularly focused on one series. So I would say ACC is a successor, but not a sequel, uh, because it's using a lot of the same technology and building upon it. And certainly with the GT cars, you can you can still, if you play them both in both games, you can feel a similarity there. But this is clearly uh, a more laser-focused, targeted game at one particular series, and therefore not a sequel. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it seems to be that, you know, with a lot of these games, they, they're either yearly releases or they focus on the year of sport that they were released. Right. The nice thing about this game is kind of in a, I guess, different sense to the likes of Formula One and maybe closer to your regular sims like your iRacing or your AC. Um, this game kind of develops with the years. So they do add content. And even though it sticks to being, you know, the I can never remember the name of the series, GT World Challenge uh, yeah. series stuff, they, they yeah. add to it year on year. So you can, you know, 2017 and 18, they had their new packs for their intercontinental GT packs there, you know, each year of the actual GT World Challenge. We then, of course, had GT4s added uh, recently. It's actually been quite a while now that GT4s have been out. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, your 2020 GT World Challenge pack recently. And of course, British GT. So they added British GT circuits because it's all part of the same organizing series. Um, so it's kind of got it's got that feel of like a, a normal sim like iRacing or AC would have where it develops over time, but it's staying true to its roots. So that's kind of yeah. in some ways, I guess that makes it a little bit unique. Yeah, true because like as you say, there it could easily be a yearly release with the new cars, the new tracks, but they're doing the DLC route, and also there are have been some free updates. And and just rewinding a little bit, it first came to early access in 2018, so it's been three years of constant development. And, and it was only just uh, at the time of recording last month when the British GT DLC and add-on, which was new cars and new tracks, um, or primarily new liveries and new tracks, shall I say, uh, came to the console versions. So um, it's not just on PC, it's on Xbox One and PS4 as well. And they've now finally got DLC parity across all the platforms. I suppose this is a conversation for another time, but I suppose it's, well, what happens next? We'll have an article coming soon about that on the Traction website. And it's just been really enjoyable to see this progression over three years as opposed to just yeah a yearly release. I totally agree. Um, I, I don't think, you know, when you talk about the console versions, I'm not sure they've necessarily nailed it with the god they didn't from the start anyway i know there was quite a few issues with the console versions when they first yeah, came out yeah, yeah. Um, i think you probably know more about those than me i've not <laughs> actually played the console version myself but i know you've had yeah. some some issues with yeah. it to say the least yeah so when it first came out the, the online for me was co- completely broken um well, uh, when you load like a, a early access pc sim game it's fine if there's no buttons assigned for when you first launch the game but uh, not so much when it's a console release coming a couple of years later. That that sort of audience won't necessarily stand for that. Uh, the, the frame rates are lower, which is fine, 
but they were the worst thing was they were completely unstable and all over the shop um and and it doesn't look as nice now again going back to our point what we just said earlier dramatically improved over the recent years all the dlcs in there now uh, the handling from day one has always been as good as the same as the PC version. So that, that amazing racing feeling and the AI and the wet weather, that's all in there. Um, and now if you have a new gen system, it has a, a solid 60 frames per second gameplay. So the only thing now I would say is um, the replays are a bit choppy. And just generally, there's not quite the visual fidelity of the PC version if you're running a high-end PC. It's probably on a mid-spec PC level at the minute. Uh, which is fine. So it's really improved. I do recommend people going back to it. I think the main point I'd like to say about this is hats off for bringing a quote-unquote hardcore sim to a, P- to a console audience. And the first Assetto Corsa game proved that there is an audience for that. Just because you don't have a expensive PC doesn't mean you don't want to play a serious game. So I would say congratulations to that. Kunos. Yeah, I totally agree. Totally agree. I think that especially when you're looking at console sims and stuff. The, the, the main thing you need to get right is the frame rate with sim racing, I think, on a console, because and with a lot of games running at lower FPS, something, you know, the more FPS you have on PC, yep. the better the experience, right? So people tend to, you'd rather have a higher FPS and a lower quality than a higher quality at low FPS, because every single movement of the steering wheel of the inputs count. So therefore, when it comes to console gaming, you kind of need that. And I think even though the visuals and stuff on ACC weren't the best to start with, and, and they did have some problems with the frame rate initially, the main thing is that there's a stable sim, even if it yeah. doesn't look quite as good, as you say, that, that yeah. actually works. And I think that that's a hugely important move for the industry, because we always yeah. talk about the split between sim and, or sorry, PC and, and console gaming, and, and I think that's it's hugely important. I mean, it, would you say the console version let down the PC at the start, or would you say we'd just ignore that and say, well done for actually doing it? No, yeah, I just think now, well done for doing it. Well done for sticking on it. They could have just yeah. left it. It also came at a weird time. It's like there's no native next-gen version, but that is coming later this year. I was going to so, ask about that. Yeah, 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 so. yeah, yeah. So then, like, the frame rate's fine now. The gameplay's great. Uh, the online, you know, everything is there, but there's a few extra, like, camera angles and replay features on the PC version, and there's also uh, just generally richer visuals in terms of the lighting in particular and so that will come later this year and then for uh ps5 and xbox series price you should hopefully have parity with a real because the game is quite power intensive on pc right so it, sh- it could be one to watch i would say yeah definitely i'm I'm really keen to to give the next gen version a try i don't know it, it could kind of bridge that gap between the console version and the pc version will it? i mean it could even trump the pc version i doubt it but well, we'll see. Um, yeah, yeah well, we'll see on that point like this is a bit of a sidetrack, but it depends on each individual's PC specs. Yeah, right? of course. So of course. it could trump most people's. <laughs> we'll have to see. That's important, though, as well, because when you look at the price point for a PlayStation 5, you're not looking at a top-end PC. Yeah, yeah. You know? and just it's great. Uh, Assetto Corsa Competizione is coming to those devices. But anyway, um, it's available for everybody, and it's yeah. a hardcore sim, and it's been successful. So. Yes. Well done. Well done yeah, well to done. the developers. Round of applause because it's so important. Um, and speaking of, of applause for the developers, I do want to bring the discussion onto some of the gameplay itself. Yeah. Now, this handling model in a set, of course, Competizione, now not everybody fully agrees with this, but generally speaking, there's a hugely amount of positive feedback when it comes to the handling of ACC. The, whether it's down to the, the way that the curbs feel, the intricacies in the force feedback, 
um every single you know you can feel every single difference in limit of the car whether it's under braking under acceleration when the back end sliding there's so much feeling through the wheel uh it's it's something to behold really i mean it's it, it's taken sim racing a long way or a long time to come from a kind of game that, that, that they call a sim but it's actually arcade to something that we can actually say is realistic but playing it set of course competizione for the first time is an experience you know it does bring you closer to what you might expect to feel when you're actually driving a real gt car right and a part of me thinks that a good good reason why it feels so great and why why the handling is is so good is that uh, Kunos Simulazioni, who you know produced this game and create this game, they do a lot of behind the scenes B two B work with car manufacturers. Uh, they have a Seto Corsa Pro, which is like a three thousand euro game, and then this is used for driver training and race team simulations in the background. And so a set of course competition takes that technology and wraps a, a video game around it. I know um, uh, calling a simulation a video game is a is an awkward thing, but <laughs> but ultimately you can play online against rivals and you can play against the AI. So it's a game, and uh, it's it's a really clever use of this hardcore simulation technology in an accessible, a more accessible fashion. And then the second thing I'd like to say is on this point, the handling for me, my personal opinion, is the crucial thing of a video game. If it looks good and plays great and all has all these online modes, if it doesn't drive very well, you're probably not going to come back to it. So here they've focused for me on this first. Um, and and it goes back to like the tire model, how it handles yeah. curbs, all these things that, that lots of little things that make the game feel really satisfying to drive. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the detailing uh, of the advanced physics, you know, that make things like, as you say, that you mentioned the tire model there. I think I've never seen a tire model that when you go out on circuit to set up a car, you really need to think about everything from all of the pressures and temperatures, the track temp, the air temp, the all of these things. The wind can affect the way the tires behave. You have your optimum tire pressure window you need to find if you want to be really on the, on the edge of speed. I mean, OK, this is not things that every gamer will, will of course, think about too much. A lot of people will shove it on the default aggressive setup and, and away you go. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. When you start you taking it seriously, you can you can really turn this into a properly serious sim, you know, with engineers looking at, OK, well, we increase the the tire pressures by 0.2 psi every time the track drops by three degrees like that that's definitely something that happens and i'm pretty sure it's everybody does that in a in a high level sense when you're racing on acc and i think the the, the way that this affects the, the, the feeling of the car the understeer when you've got a crosswind all those kind of things and the oversteer when it's coming the other way it's just phenomenal uh, i think the, the thing i was bang on about with acc is attention to detail you know they seem to be second to none when it comes to the attention to detail. And that's not just in the handling, to be fair. It's in the sounds. It's in the way everything feels, the curb rumbles, the the little things in between the pit stops and all that. I, I think that it's really hard to find a game that has a more, uh, just a better attention to detail right on the edge where the things that most people won't even think about. Yeah, even, well, we'll, we'll go into it later. There's loads of elements for the, for the detail. It's so precise and well recreated. Uh, but just on your point, you know, John, for those who don't know, races in this, uh, you know, in leagues and eSports series using this title, right? So he's the man and he does all the tire pressures and the brake ducting and the damper rebounds, you know, all this good stuff. But if you're not into that so much, it's still great and still feels amazing when you just go to the track for the first time. Now, I would caveat with the there is a learning curve. But the learning curve is what is perhaps giving this game um, not a second life, but an elongated life. Because there's a learning curve of learning all the cars are tracks. Then there's some new ones that come out. So you're learning all those. Then you want to try and take it online. You might want to finish a single player career. But then 
you might want to get into tire pressures. Then you might want to get into <laughs> brake temperatures. And it, and it just goes on and on and on because you're constantly trying to be better. So that's a big appeal to it. And uh, another element of it is even if you've got uh, like a cheap used Logitech wheel, right. the false feedback is set up perfectly from, from almost perfectly from day one, I think. I mean, certainly I haven't. I'm sure you can get into the settings, but I haven't even had to change anything to get a good out of the box um, in terms of the, the, the feedback. Uh, you know, if you think about the Formula One games, and if you use the cheap Logitech wheel, they, they have this rattle and you can hear it. And a set of course, a competizione doesn't, doesn't do that from the off. So that's a, a big bonus. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head there with accessibility as well. I, I use Logitech equipment with a set of course, competizione. That's the wheel I've used for the past year or so. And it can, you can be as quick on a Logitech as you can on high-end equipment. Okay, maybe it will cost you a few tenths at the top end, but I think the difference between good equipment and average equipment is much smaller on a set of course of competizione than it is on something like iRacing. And it, it, okay, part of it's down to the, the nature of the cars, to be fair. When you hit the brake pedal in these GT3 cars, you're pretty much stamping on the pedal, right? You, you're, you're going for as much pressure as possible. You've got your ABS kicking in, so therefore, having a brake pedal with a lot of feeling in it is not going to make too much of a difference. You can you can use a, a cheap set of pedals with not much resistance and still brake fairly consistently. Um, but as you say, the straight out of the box with the force feedback, the steering feels good, even on, on, a, on a cheaper end, budget end wheel. It's still not cheap, but um, you can basically, right, yeah. you can basically be competitive with any equipment. <laughs> Whereas other games, you need the direct drive to find the extra second at the end, whether right. that's pedals or, or wheels. And I'm sure that's another topic to debate, but um, generally yeah, speaking, definitely. it's a lot more accessible. One thing also I would mention, I did play this game on a keyboard and a controller in one of the traction videos we, we had on the channel uh, a month or so ago. And I was amazed by how close I could actually get with the controller. So this game, you don't need a wheel to enjoy this game. You know, you go out there on a controller, you get, okay, it maybe takes a little bit more adjustment to the settings, but you can actually really enjoy it as well. And the AI are so good to race that you don't need to be in a sim setting to enjoy this game, right. even though it's based on simulation physics. Did, didn't you see someone do well in an eSports competition and they were using a controller or a gamepad recently? Absolutely. That's what inspired the video. So I, I was watching a, an endurance race in a very high level league and there was someone running in the top 10 in the wet at Snetterton of all places uh, using a controller. Right, in the and I was just, Yeah. And it shows you it's possible. You know, you can be that competitive. I don't think you could yeah. do that with many other high level sims. Uh, I agree. And it shows that the developer has thought about this audience. Like yeah. we're going back to, well, they've released it on PS4 and Xbox One. They've also worked on the controller. So it's trying to get this this uh, very, very serious game that's laser-targeted and has got the most incredible attention to detail ever, but ah, works on a controller, works on a console, and that's another reason why it's got this big appeal at the minute. Now, another key point worth mentioning when it comes to attention to detail is, of course, the circuits. Now, these circuits are all laser scanned, which is that even just that phrase on its own uh, sounds sounds <laughs> exciting. You know, it's like, oh wow, lasers, great. Um, <laughs> But what does that actually mean? You know, what it means is we get circuits that are realistic to real life. They they act in a similar way. They have the same bumps, same curbs. Uh, and also the feeling that this game gives you over those curbs, when it, whether it's the rumble of, of a, a particular exit curb or a sausage curb throwing you up in the air and the way the suspension reacts, just the attention to detail through the tracks really kind of brings the best out of the cars, I would say. Yeah, there's this like, there's a few terms in gaming, like uh, frame rate or HDR or... Uh, and laser scanning is one of them where, oh, if it's not laser scanned, well, that's rubbish. Um, I think there's laser scanning and there's laser scanning and a set of courses competizione. However, they interpret that data that's been scanned is is the best at the minute in terms of the track detail, right? Every little tiny little bump and undulation and uh, piece of grass or runoff area 
of pit entry seems to be the closest I've experienced in a game or sim of any description. And that really adds the sense to the sense of immersion of, oh, I'm really there. I'm at Donington Park. I'm at Paul Ricard. Not that anyone really wants to be. Um, so that is such a big thing. And combining that with the suspension and the tyre model just gives you this, oh, wow, I'm, I'm as close as I can get to driving this car. Absolutely. And the sound really did it for me as well. Um, FMOD have done an incredible job on yeah. the sound. And I come back to it, whether it's the gravel rash, you know, going off the circuit into the gravel, the noise is so loud. And that is something very familiar to me in a real race car because I've been in the gravel plenty of times. And the fact that it takes a little bit of time to get back to being OK, as I say, the curb rumble, I keep coming back to it. But that was the reason I keep coming back to curbs <laughs> uh, is because it was the first time I really noticed the attention to detail of this game when I was right. first playing it. I'm like, wow, the sound of these curbs, the feel of these curbs, the way it affects the car. That was when it, it kind of clicked with me just how good this really was. Um, so I think a huge amount of credit to to everyone involved. Obviously, the specific people and organisations involved in actually providing these sounds and feelings and, and the tracks and stuff. But actually, for whoever put them all together and made this work collaboratively, yeah. collaboratively I should say, uh, deserves a huge amount of credit. Right. And oh, man, we've, I feel like we focus a lot on curbs. But to continue <laughs> that theme, it's not just a rumble when you go over them it feels like it, the sensation is going over the ridges and that's the really clever key bit and small thing that a lot of games overlook and and don't have enough detail on that just goes makes this feel like a little step above a lot of other titles that are out there and you've also mentioned the sound i would also like to shout out to the car re recreations there are games out there that do look uh better and have a bit more detail on the vehicles that's for certain, but Assetto Corsa, but Competizione looks really good, but has detail in other ways. For example, when you're on the inboard camera, the point of view, which is adjustable, it seems to be really well thought through. Um, the driver then presses the ignition on, then you press the starter, then you've got to get it into gear, and all that cool stuff is a bit confusing when you first boot the game, but it's just that little extra, ooh, I'm actually in a real race car. <laughs> No, I totally agree. I totally, totally agree. Um, it's just, yeah, all, as an all-round package, it's it's fantastic. I'm sure that's one of the main appeals for people actually, you know, getting involved with this game and playing it. Yeah, one thing I would say, to get to the limits of the game, and we did kind of touch on it earlier, there is a lot to take in. If you really want to get yeah, the most really out of it, is. there's so much with the car setup. It's not straightforward. There's a lot of different aspects to it. It took me ages to try and grasp it, and even then, I'm not an expert on it. I can kind of, I know how each thing works now, but it's i still couldn't take a car from zero to 100 definitely not um you know i have to use whether it's traction sources you know we've got obviously our, our ross is our acc writer he does some good stuff he makes a lot of setups for me actually because we're yeah. teammates go um, read but, those articles yeah yeah uh, there's, so, there's so much stuff out there really that, that can help you with this but would you say that makes it a little bit more difficult for your average yeah. consumer to to really get the most out of yeah no it's not so much that those setups are there or you have to do those setups or that you have to uh, learn all the tracks in intricate detail or understand which car performs better on which circuit or any of that of which John has made some wonderful videos on the Traction GG YouTube channel and like you said Ross has written some great articles. It's the fact that the game doesn't signpost those well enough. Yes. It doesn't, doesn't explain what they are well enough. It doesn't say, oh, go do this or walk you through what this does. There's a whole driver rating system in there <laughs> which is just, you're just sort of left to yourself as to, well, why can't I join this online lobby? Oh, my, my rate is not high enough, but how does the rating... How is that compiled? All it needs is like a two-minute little video that pops up and says, this is this rating, and this affects this, <laughs> uh, blah, blah, blah. And then when you're in the menus, 
you know, if you're a pro, you can obviously skip all these or turn them off, but it would have some explanation of, oh, right, your brake ducting affects this and this. Mm. And maybe even there's like some screenshots or a video or something. Um, I understand that uh, people might look down upon that suggestion as, oh, well, you know, if you don't understand that, why are you even, why are you even doing racing a game like this? But even the pros sometimes need a little re- reminding. And if they're optional, it doesn't affect anybody other than helping more people to get competitive. Right. That's the thing. Optional. That Because I feel like what they were maybe going for was trying to make it as realistic as possible and taking that a bit too far. So, you know, in, yeah. in real life, you don't really ever know exactly what the conditions are. You don't really know exactly what the track's going to be like from day to day. And, you know, it comes back a bit to the attention to detail thing. But the every time the, the air temperature changes, the track temperature changes, you need to change your setup. Every time the wind changes, you need to change your setup. Um and as uh, there's no indication to, as to how to do that unless you were to sit down with an engineer and practice right. everything, all the different right. scenarios, and learn what each change actually does. Now, obviously, that's phenomenal because what it also means is when you're practicing for an online race, you never really know anyone's true pace because the conditions are always different. So, and, and uh, you know, in esports, that's something, and I'd say that's brilliant because you don't know how fast your competitors really are because they might have a different track conditions, and it keeps it open. Most other games don't have that. It's a set leaderboard, and everyone has the same conditions, so you really know where you stand. But as you say, have the option for people that are taking it less seriously. You know, why shouldn't yeah. people that just want to plug in and play be able to know what a player rating actually means? You know, why does it have to yeah. be a secret? Um, I don't know if they're trying to encourage people to just drive better in the hope that they'll yeah. fix their player rating, but it frustrated me uh, not knowing what was causing it. Uh, I actually do have an example as well before we move on. The I was racing offline making videos, and I think it was for, right. for track guides and stuff, and I was having some crashes with the AI just for yeah, fun, just about... and I didn't realize that this affected my online my online uh, ability to race in, in, in events. So I was signed up for an esports yeah. event, took to the grid, or tried to take to the grid by joining the server, and it wouldn't let me in because I didn't have the correct <laughs> safety rating. But it was but then the, the admins knew I was a safe driver. It was just because I'd been crashing a lot offline and didn't know the, how much that would affect things. So, yeah. you know, it's little before... things like that. Just before someone comments and says, oh, you could turn that off. Yes, I think we know you could turn it off. But it's on by default and it doesn't tell you. That's the point. Right. So I worked out I could turn it off after this. Um, Exactly, yeah. Which is it. You know, And why Uh, doesn't something say that at the start of the game, as you say? Yeah, exactly. But the the weird flip side to that is, strangely, that's part of the appeal, Mm. what we said earlier, because you do have to go dig out. You have to read the forums. You have to go on Reddit. You have to go (laughs) on attraction.gg, read one of Ross's articles. And that means you're sort of more invested in it. And or it feels like more of an accomplishment when you do succeed. Still think there needs to be work on that though. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's it's a compromise, isn't it? And it's and yeah. it's as you say, why not have the option? Why not have the option? I get the appeal, um, especially as someone who is racing a kind of more serious like an esports level rather than a gaming level because there's that mystical feeling about it where you never really know what's going on there's bop changes you can't see them anywhere weight adjustments all that kind of stuff you just never really know and it's and it's great because it makes it unpredictable but yeah uh, you know it's it depends on where you stand with that one and some people really don't care about all that kind of stuff i mean the main thing about this game that really appeals is how satisfying it is when you finally nail a lap you know when you when you perfect everything and you get the most out of it you have to have earned that situation you you can't just yeah. rock up and, and be there you it takes almost you could argue it takes months to really get down to it and find a lap time that suits you or that you can actually reach because in the first place you're always a couple of seconds away and you don't really know how and it takes learning yeah i also think on top of that it's just a great example of when a developer is fastidious and targeted at one particular end goal and and works over and above for a very very long time on just focusing on 
GT3 and GT4 cars and trying to get the best representation of that, it just shows what can be done from a, a quality point of view and a driving feedback point of view. And it's not trying to be like a licorice, all sorts of racing <laughs> games for it. It's just yeah. trying to be, right, this is it. This is what we want to do. We're going to do the best possible version of that. Absolutely. And that, to me, is the main appeal for this game. Definitely. Like, we've got our licorice all sorts games. We've got those. That, yeah, you know, and there's a place for those, and I love them. Yeah. This is just shows, right, if you don't try and compete that and do your own thing, this is the result. Yeah, and, and we've got a new benchmark. We've got a new benchmark for, for developers to aim for. And this, you know, this is what can be done if you focus on things properly. And it's shown that people will play it. You know, come back to the stat at the start. We've got a lot more people playing this on a daily basis than the likes of our Factor 2 race room and stuff. So it shows that you don't have to have every car in the world to make an enjoyable game that people will play if the quality's there. So, you know, there's a, there's a message to everyone out there um, that, you know, it's it's about the quality. And I think that everyone who's played a set of course of Competizione will, will appreciate that. Tom, spelling test. Spell it for me. Oh, right. Well, A... Oh, for the whole thing? <laughs> A-S-S-E. Oh, is it double T? T-T-O, I would say. Yeah, I think you're right. Then C-O-R-S-A, the easy one. Right, then Competizione. C-O-M-P. I've got to close my eyes for it. E-T-I-Z-I-O-N-E. I think so. I think you're it's there. It's very easy to add an extra T into competizione because that's how you pronounce it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's competizione oh. is how it's spelled. Um, and right. thank, that's why I, I was glad to be hosting this one because then I could put that on you and then just move it on. <laughs> so, yeah, that is going to be it right. for today, guys. Um, a massive thank you to Tom, of course, for joining me. And as always, a big thank you to all of you for tuning in. Uh, make sure you subscribe via your favourite podcast service to catch future episodes. And also join us on social media at TractionGG uh, for all sorts of rubbish or some good stuff as well. We share a lot of our articles and videos, but lots of memes and all sorts on there. You go and check that out. Also, you can go and see what Tom's up to at www.traction.gg, where we've got all of the latest racing and game news reviews articles etc etc um, and trust me when i say that tom and the team will absolutely have you covered when it comes to the world of racing games uh, in the meantime keep it pinned thank you so much for listening and have a great day see you bye